Mando. Hey, everyone, and in case you couldn't tell from that introduction, this is a special episode of Geeks United with Alan Bob. Every week, we're going to be recapping The Mandalorian. Isn't that right, Al? That's right. Welcome to the first iteration of Mando Monday. Ah, yeah, just another Mando Monday. I couldn't help myself. As, as soon as Al came up with that name, that's the song that popped into my head, and I was like, yeah, this is happening, people. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's keep it going. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the first episode of the season here, I I like to refer to this as a side quest episode, and I love these types of episodes for The Mandalorian. Yeah, uh, they're fun. Uh, these ones are good. I always kind of like the ones where they just kind of take a break from the underlying plot. The baby. Uh, yeah, because um, mm-hmm. where we left off last season, we had uh, was this Grand Moff Gus Fring show up with the uh, Darksaber. Yes. And that was kind of neat. Um, and then, you know, you're probably expecting, oh, let's just jump into that again. But no, you really kind of can't. You need to kind of reintroduce everybody back into the series because they didn't know he had the like the the dark saber the only people who knew that really were us so mm-hmm. if they That's knew true. then it would probably jump right back in from where they left off but no this kind of leaves us something to look forward to for the rest of the season yeah and this one opens up with him walking through the mandalorian version of a wild west town he's got a meeting and it opens up and it's like a fight match between bebop and rocksteady yes two gamorian the- <laughs> guards like having a wrestling match yes with- that's all i could think of was the teenage mutant ninja turtles for it <laughs> i mean they were they kept hitting each other with their axes but those nothing nothing was happening it was just like mm-hmm. energy thing like energy blasts are hitting them and then they're like oh well now he's gonna win he's gonna finish him off I'm like how's he gonna finish him off the blades aren't cutting him to begin with right so just like turn off the safety kapow gunshot and like you know it's of course it's a trap in a show like this like you go into the building assuming that there's probably something weird but the one thing i do appreciate it about it is one of the key parts of all of like the previews leading up to this season was when the Mandalorian activates his uh his little missiles on his arm there and like the baby Yoda is like oh shit and yeah. then like it closes thing. I appreciate that they got that out of the way like two minutes into the first episode because to be honest I would have waited for that to happen all season. Yeah, and and the, the I think they're called the whistling birds. Whistling birds. Yes, yes and the, and he only has a few of them, so it was kind of. It was cool that they got out of the way, but at the same time, it's like he's kind of really liberal with those because, I mean, you got to be careful. You can't run out of them. But I really appreciated um, the one Gamorrean guard doing the uh, tope suicida over the top rope. Yeah. (laughs) He's an honorary (laughs) Bill's Mafia member. He just went right through that table. Uh, Right through it. For those who listen to the wrestling podcast, you know, Moro Ronaldo would have went nuts for that. And the one thing, too, is, you know, this whole thing is filled with spoilers. We should have said that three minutes ago. So if you are at this point and you haven't watched it and you don't want any spoilers, this episode, all of these recaps are going to be filled with spoilers because we're going to be recapping it. The one thing I kept thinking of during the fight scene. So the guy at the Mandalorian goes to meet. It's a trap. He wanted the armor because Beskar is super expensive. You know, and it's a trap, and there's, like, eight guys who the Mandalorian, like, has to fight and stuff. Do you know who played the Cyclops guy, by the way? His voice sounded so familiar. It was John Leguizamo. 
No kidding. Yeah, I, I watched the uh, end credits because okay. I wanted to see who was in it because I will get to the reason why at the end. And um, yeah, that was uh, that was John Leguizamo, first name to pop up in the uh, special guest stars. So, like that thing sounds so familiar, but yeah, it was it was fun. Yeah, the the thing I kept thinking during that entire scene is like, how much must it hurt to punch Beskar armor with a bare hand? Or when he, you are hurting yeah. yourself way more than you are hurting the man. Actually, the first punch it hits him in the head, then his head goes backwards, and it knocks the dude out behind him. Yeah, exactly. So that was. <laughs> That was pretty funny. That was a you good thing like that. You can't punch Beskar armor. Like, <laughs> no, you cannot. Uh, but yeah, so he, you know, he ends up catching up with the guy who set the trap. The guy tells him, look, there's a Mandalorian. The one I know is on Tatooine, which is great because, you know. Let's go back to Tatooine. Again. There's a billion planets in the space in the in the whole universe and somehow some way for nostalgic purposes we kept we keep on ending up on Tatooine that was of course. let's go to the uh sequel trilogy really quick because they kind of did the same thing but they just gave the planets different names like in the mm. force awakens that was fake Tatooine and then they went to fake Hoth in the next one, even though it was like a salt planet. And like, no, that's fake Hoth because it looks like snow. And like, then they went to Mustafar in the third one. So like, yeah, they just kind of recycle planets. I mean, it, you're going to – the prequels were good for one thing at least. All the planets they went to were different. I mean, they went back yes. to Tatooine. But I mean, but then every other planet they usually went to was something different and really cool. You know, like, there's got to be more than three types of planets in the entire solar system like, and beyond. Yeah, they're, they're like Mario levels, apparently. <laughs> I just keep repeating over and over. But the one thing that I did like is when he landed on Tatooine, he saw, of course, the mechanic again. You know, she's, she's good comic relief. Yeah, Amy Sedaris. Yeah, she's, yes. um, it's great seeing her back again. I do like Strangers with Candy fans, so it's always fun to see her around. Yes, I'm glad she's still working. Strangers of the Candy was preposterous and amazing. Uh, I do like how his opinion of droids has changed. That's the first time he sort of let it know. And, you know, because if everyone remembers the last season, the IG droid, IG, right? I believe yeah. I'm saying that. Yep. Right? Yeah. Um, that was programmed to kill the baby or capture it, was reprogrammed to be like a nurse droid, essentially, and it saved all their lives. So I like that when he lands, she's like, shoo, droids, get away from the ship. He's like, nah, you should have him give it a once over. I, I do like that sort of subtle character or i guess not subtle but character development yeah it, it, for those who didn't remember it was uh the ig droid sacrificed itself like mm -hmm. the grandmother it from detonated. dante's peak it like walked yes. through like the lava <laughs> yeah <laughs> help them get through i saw it that was, yeah it, it reminded me of dante's peak and it kind of made me giggle because that scene was ridiculous it was a very dramatic last very season. very dramatic poor for for a poor assassin droid to die yeah, you know, it made you feel something for him. Yeah, it did, you know. I mean, it's kind of made up for his past transgressions, and maybe the robotic soul went back to the Matrix or something. Mm, there you go. So he lands on Tatooine. He's looking for uh, a town that he's never heard of before, and she shows him an old map, so he goes there to find the Mandalorian. He runs into the Mandalorian, and it's not a... Mandalorian. It's a sheriff in Boba Fett's armor. Yes, Timothy Oliphant, uh, who's yes. kind of uh, you know not to be confused with Josh Demel. So no, that's the he, one thing. 
I'm just gonna say this. He's a very attractive dude. He's a very yeah. I can see that. What, I mean, him when and he Chuck took off his helmet, I was like, whew. Yeah. Goddamn. Yeah, he was. Uh, <laughs> he used to be in the show Justified. I felt like he was kind of. Uh, mm, I never watched that. Yeah, he he played like a small town sheriff in that show too. And I, I felt like, yeah, he was kind of, you know, channeling that character, at least to me. So that was uh, it was good to see him. But, yeah, it's it's funny because they want you to think that it's Boba Fett when he first shows up. Mm. But he's way too tall to be Boba Fett. He's, yes, and wearing weird under weird clothes under the armor. It's just like a red sweater. Yeah, it, it was almost like a, like a kid wearing flood pants is how the armor looked on him. It was just like too small. <laughs> yes. And, you know... Mando's like, you better give me that goddamn armor. They are about to fight, and a giant ass, I just like referring to it as a sandworm, but it's a, what, a Kraft monster? A uh, Crate Dragon. Kraft Dragon, that's yes. it, yeah. Uh, crate Dragons, you may remember them from uh, Star Wars A New Hope when they first go to Tatooine on that uh, movie. You see that long snake-like skeleton in one of the mm-hmm. sand dunes that uh, C-3PO is walking by. That was a crate dragon. So it's finally cool for them to bring it from, you know, just seeing a skeleton in A New Hope and being something you mostly saw in the books in the expanded universe into the actual show itself. So I really did appreciate that. But I didn't I mean, think I've that seen they were going to be tremors. like... I've seen Tremors. Yeah, I was going to say, they're graboids from Tremors. I really didn't <laughs> think that they were going to be like that. In fact, this is probably the best Tremors movie I've seen in the past 10 years. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> but, you know, the the dragon shows up, the sand dragon, the sandworm, shows up, and ta-da! That episode's plot yes. has arrived. Yes, and it... it the one thing I do kind of like about uh, about this show is that they take a lot of tropes from old westerns and mm-hmm. old shows like that, and they it just, reminds me of it's a simple formula, and they update it to be in the Star Wars world. And for this show, it works because it's, it makes sense. The Mandalorian is the closest live action thing you could probably make that isn't that's. How do I want to phrase this? It's a lot like Cowboy. It's an amazing Cowboy Bebop, essentially. Yeah. And it's a space Western opera. Yeah. It's yeah. It's basically, to me, watching a lot of those old 50s cowboy shows, mm-hmm. it's a lot of it is just like that, but in space. And, you in know, I mean, space. And all the characters just have their own tropes that they follow and their own kind of specific type of character that they are in. You know, For sure. some people could say that it's like lazy, but I like it. It's it's comfortable and it 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 makes yeah. the, it makes the it, you feel like that. So well, and it doesn't need a lot of setup time. No, we know who these people are. We don't have to go through it. You know, they do a little bit of backstory on Cobb Vanth. He's the marshal with the Boba Fett gear. He got it because he escaped when the town was overrun as soon as the Empire folded, and. He had a whole bunch of kyber crystals, was out in the middle of the desert, and the Jawas saved him, and he traded Boba Fett, the kyber crystals for Boba Fett's gear. So, you know, the whole throwback on that took like 45 seconds, which is great, because now we know how he got it. We know sort of why the town is how it is, and like the rest of it, you just sort of fill in from having seen old westerns and stuff. Yeah, and, and I, do, I do like that. My one thing, though, I did kind of have an issue with, like it was really cool, uh, the whole episode, how it played out. How it kind of went from there was they were going to look for the giant crate dragon that was attacking the town. They ended up um, meeting or, or kind of uh, 
encountering, I should say, Tuscan Raiders. Tuscan Raiders. Mm -hmm. And it kind of turned into the old thing of, you know, the Western town having to team up with with the the bad guys. Yeah, with the natives to fight a common enemy. And then at the end, some sort of peace was made. Uh, But a lot of my one big complaint I kind of have about this episode is it took a lot of beats and ideas from the Jawa episode from season one. Yes, for sure. A lot of a lot of similarities to that one, especially with the plot. And um, you have to defeat a large monster. Yep. Mandalorian has to essentially almost get killed yep, to doing get, it. To get what you want instead of it being parts for his ship this time. It's the armor. He has to defeat this giant monster and uh, the the, the, the Tuscan Raiders this time, I guess they get an egg at the end, kind of like how the Jawas did in yeah, season. Yeah, which is so weird. Yeah, but and before we like start talking about like the actual the the climax of the whole thing, I just have one point that I said out loud to Liz at, at the first time through watching it. Why? the actual fuck would anybody still live in that town? Like it's got Tuscan Raiders raiding it. It has giant sand dragons. There's nothing. I don't care if it's your ancestral home. There's like 28 people in the whole town. And it's like the worst place on the planet. The worst why would planet anybody have seen <laughs> right? Why would anybody have stuck around in most Pelgo? I have no idea why you would be there. I, I, and like they, so they kind of alluded to it being like um, a mining town. And that was kind of like a quick throwaway line because I was wondering the same thing. Like, why the hell even live there? Go to like a bigger city like Moss Eisley or maybe like they just want to kind of keep it small and off They the did map. have all of those explosives. So they, maybe they mine yeah, material they, they that makes explosives? Yeah, they did mention that because they said um, uh, when uh, Timothy Oliphant's character, I almost said Josh Demel, uh, when they, because they're <laughs> the same guy, I swear. But uh, when uh, he, uh, they had the big, you know, meeting of the mines with the town, and they're like, all right, mm-hmm. we got to team up with the Tuscan Raiders. We're not teaming up with the Tuscan Raiders. And he said, look, it's eating our cattle, our livestock, and sometimes it takes our, like, you know, our mining. Oh, so he, he said right. that move really quick, but he did say that they were a mining town because they have lost, you know, their, their, okay. I don't know what the word I'm looking for, the crap they mined. Or whatever they're they've, mining. <laughs> they've got to travel for food, though. Like, there's no something. farming there, and they're hours away from the. I just, I don't get, I don't get why anybody would stay. I, I know, there. I know. They had, they had uh, moisture farming um, spires out in there, but honestly, mm. I, I don't know what they do to eat. Maybe they just I call have shenanigans. Yeah. So, <laughs> especially since no one knows where that town is, and it was apparently like quote unquote wiped off the map, but it still looked like it was pretty good. Just yeah, why they didn't show up on any maps. That made a no dozen sense buildings. To me Right. Why would they take them off of the maps? Yeah, because this show takes place about five years after, I think, Return of the yeah. Jedi. How often do they update maps? Yeah, and like, oh, that town. I haven't heard of that town in forever. It's been five years. Yeah, I was gonna... it's, that's not that long, especially in Star Wars time. Unless the, the Empire was mining there. Like, and, and oh, they, and they assume since the Empire left, there was nobody yeah, left. And they, or they just... The Empire wanted to keep it secret because they found something expensive there that they were selling. But even after that, you I think, think we're that digging the, pretty yeah, deep here. I know. The, the, just the idea of the town being mysterious, and then you go to the town, and it's like, oh, it's just like every other town on Tatooine. Mm-hmm. There's nothing really special about it. So, so of course, they all band together like you do, and they go. So 
Their original plan was to lure it out and blow up the ground below it. And I said to Liz, I said, why don't they just try to put a whole bunch of those explosives on one of those big creatures that were carrying them all and get it to eat it? Oh, on the Banthas? Because, uh, yeah. well, they tried to get it out beforehand, but the thing, I guess, wouldn't go for the Banthas because I think it knew it was going to be trapped. And it will only kind of eat it, them if, like, it... It ate one at the end. It ate one at the end, but I think it was mostly going for the Mandalorian itself who was in front of it. Well, all right. Just put a fucking person in front of it. Like, I know, it's just funny at because... the same time, just have all the Banthas in your town just, like... Line up around there. No, yeah, eat one of like, them. In the town and just have them loaded with explosives so at any time if one shows up, you can just <laughs> blow it up, you know? I just thought it was funny because I was like, why don't you just have it eat the fucking bantha or whatever, you know? And then like, there was like eight more minutes of fighting and then it just ate the fucking bantha. I was like, well, why didn't they just do that? Why didn't they do what I said in the first place? Yeah. I didn't, I couldn't tell for a bit if I, for a while, I thought there were two different ones because it kind of, uh, after it came out and they blew up underneath it and then went underground and came out the top of the mountain. Yeah, And I'm like, Oh, it must be another one. Maybe they, uh, cause like when the mountain started, like cracking and everything like oh no is this is it's mama then it starts just throwing up on everybody like stomach I, acid you want to know it's really funny so we actually just rewatched it a little bit ago so i was fresh for this and the disney app and the hbo app are the two worst apps in the history of fucking streaming services they're so bad oh they are it, especially try turning on um like Try turning on closed captioning while watching. Oh my something. god, we do. That's how I got the names to all these places, and it's the worst. And it got all like crackly and pixely as the people were being disintegrated by like the stomach bile or whatever the hell it was. And the way it was chopping up, you could see the digital alterations. It was oh. actually really cool. <laughs> you know, where it's like when it's sixty frames per second, you miss all of it, but it would like pause, pause, and you could see where they were like eliminating the pixels from where like the stomach bile was I was like whoa that was awesome that is actually pretty cool to see that yeah and the one thing Liz brought up and like I sort of had like an answer that was sufficient enough for myself but she's like well when the Mandalorian got swallowed why didn't he get disintegrated by all that crap because his whole body is not covered in Beskar armor you know and I was like well maybe he was only he didn't get two two things one maybe he didn't get go all the way down to the stomach maybe he was he stayed in the mouth you know or two, maybe they launched that bile out of like a different—I don't want to say orifice, but like organ. Yeah, maybe it has uh, like like a separate. I'm duct sure or something that you could. Yeah, it. I'm sure you could probably go on Wikipedia and they would oh, explain that's it. True. But um, they yeah, uh, maybe it has some sort of like, like you know a spitting cobra. It has like a yeah, gland different. where it can just spit. Yeah, spit that makes sense. But maybe it's something like that, or maybe it just you know it. it who knows? But Wikipedia would explain that perfectly if anyone ever really needs to know. Because that I is, might check it out after the episode, to be honest. It's the most, it's ridiculous. Like, that is just a ridiculous wiki, just how in depth and just detail oriented it is that it's so great because just Star Wars, everything is so just. The peoples love it. Yes. And it's, you have so much knowledge on it. it they know more about that than they do with their own country, that whoever the people are from that are editing yes. it. So, of course, the Mandalorian defeats the dragon, and the sheriff, the handsome sheriff, gives the armor to the Mandalorian. This is like, I was kind of expecting Mando to let him keep it. You know, like, oh, you fought an honorable fight. And I'm like, yeah, I don't think that's allowed in Creed. Yeah, that's you know? <laughs> like that Mandalorian is Creed. not the way. Uh, yes, exactly. And uh, 
and yeah, that was that was sort of you know like I mentioned before, it was a side quest episode, but I I enjoyed it. I thought it was a really good starting note for the season. We're, we're not going to skip past the huge part at the end, though, right? What's the huge part at the end? Boba Fett at the end, standing on top of the uh, cliff, looking over. That's the what? That's the reason I watched the end credits was because I wanted to see who exactly was the guest Wait, stars in it. What? Yes, at the end. After the credits? No, during the credits. Remember, at the end, it shows. Um, I turned it off when the credits started. Right before the, like, I mean, it 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 showed at the end. It showed this guy with like, um, he had two gaffy sticks, the uh, the uh, preferred weapon of the Tuscan Raider, mm-hmm. like looking over, watching the Mandalorian ride off on his uh, speeder bike. By the way, uh, the sheriff's speeder bike was actually a uh, an engine from a pod racer. That was kind of fun. Yes, um, <laughs> that was awesome. But yeah, yes. he was. You go rewatch it, and this guy's just standing there looking at him, and then he turns around, walks to the camera, and I'm like. Holy shit! Was that the guy who played, you know, all the clones oh, and Jango you know, Fett? And I, it, and that's why I watched the end okay. credits because special guest star uh, Tamura Morrison, who was the guy who played Jango Fett and all the clones from the from the uh, prequel trilogies. Okay, you know, I did see that, and I turned to Liz. I said, "Are we supposed to know who this guy is?" <laughs> yep, that's Boba Fett. It's it's got a hunt. It's either it's either an old clone soldier or it's Boba Fett. But I'm Dollars to donuts as Boba Fett. Man, that would be awesome if Boba Fett gets reunited with his character, with his armor. I know they have to do something with that because yes. they can't just allude to it being Boba Fett. But yeah, and like, then never come back to it again. Exactly. But yep, that was definitely a hundred percent Tamora Morrison, Boba Fett. Okay, ah, uh, that is. I am. I'm glad we just talked this out because I did not get that. Yeah, go rewatch it again and uh, <clears throat> take a good look at his face. But yep, that's definitely him. Excellent. So what are your overall, I, you know, we didn't plan on doing like a rating or anything, but you know that like if we were to have done one, that felt like a seven and a half out of 10 episode to me. It was good. I liked it a lot. It was enjoyable. It was a side quest episode. Didn't really further the plot a ton, but I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I'd give this, yeah, how about, uh, give it seven banthas, you know? <laughs> seven, ba- yes, seven I will give it seven banthas and a pod racer engine. Yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe... Maybe one and a half death sticks as well for the uh, for the plot, but yeah, let's go for seven <laughs> banthas and one and a half death sticks. I am good with that. I like that very much. And of course, this is the very first one of these episodes, but there's still a Geeks United with Alan Bob episode. So, Al, do you have any final thoughts on Mandalorian Chapter Nine? I can't wait for Chapter Ten. <laughs>